Good morning. Man, I'm excited about uh, today, part two. Anytime you talk about grace, people uh, hopefully get helped and they find wholeness. And uh, today, uh, I want to talk to you about healing grace and how powerful that it is. I know this, in a room this size and with as many people that have come today, there are a lot of hurts, there's a lot of needs, there's a lot of emotional scars. Uh, maybe some of them you think you're hiding them or you think they're hidden and they're below the surface, but I'll assure you they're still real and they're still present. And some of us can see them more than you realize. And my prayer is that um, today the Lord Jesus would come and he would walk with you and he would touch that place. You would open yourself up to the Father and say, God, did you touch this place? I've carried it long enough. The journey's been hard, and I'm tired, and I'm exhausted. And uh, a lot of times we just want to look for the cure. You know, what's the cure? You go to the doctor, and, hey, how you, what's the remedy to this? How are you going to make me better? And sometimes there's not a cure. But what I will say to you is this. The spiritual reality is there's wholeness in Jesus' name. Christ wants to make you whole. And uh, he does that in a variety of ways. So my prayer is that today people will find healing and wholeness. I want you to open your Bibles over to the 147th Psalm. And, uh, I love my reading, my perusing of the Psalms. It's, I've been doing this for a long time. But in the 147th Psalm, the third verse, it's also, there's a blank in the message text. You can fill it in. You'll fill out, figure out what the word is. But it says this from God's word. He heals the brokenhearted and he binds up their wounds. Man, that gives incredible comfort, doesn't it? That God heals those that are contrite, that are distraught, that are broken that are perplexed, they don't have any hope. God desires, He wishes, He hopes, He longs to heal you, to bind you up. And this morning, if you find yourself in that place, and, and you know what that wound is, uh, I'm just impressed that I believe that today God is going to do a healing spiritually. The lost will come to life in Christ. But those that are Christ followers, there's still hurts, there's still realities that are painful. There are times of paralysis. God wants to set free. So how does God heal a broken heart? Get ready to write. Number one, He changes our thinking. You see, some of us have some thinking that is erroneous. It's bad. It's I don't know where we got it at. It's it, Our belief system is false. Maybe it's from the pit. I, I, wherever it's come from, but it's not right. So He wants to change our thinking. Scripture says, be ye transformed by the renewing of God's Word. You begin to have a fixation on Scripture. You begin to let Scripture revive you. Scripture begins to speak into your life. It begins to give hope. And I'll say this, beliefs always determine behaviors. What do you believe in? Well, I believe in God. But what do you really wholeheartedly have faith in? You lean into, you press into, you're not crushed. That's what you really believe in. And those beliefs, they, they, they find themselves in, into behaviors, into action steps. And some of us have some crazy things there. We, we fix these patterns in our head, and these, these patterns just run rampant. They, they make us crazy. Does anybody feel like they're crazy in here today? I mean, this morning, I couldn't believe it. I, I love the book Crazy Love by Francis Chan. We, keep it, we talk about it on our website. I've read it twice. Our staff just got through reading. It's a great book. This morning I flipped on Ed Young right when I was getting ready. And Ed, today started a new series and you're talking about crazy. I thought, he's like, there's a good crazy and there's a bad crazy. Well, you figure out which crazy you are, okay? But there's some crazy folks in here. You know what I'm talking about? I mean, don't look at anybody right now. He said, you're crazy. Matter of fact, turn to the person right next to you and say, you're crazy. Go ahead, turn to them. Tell them they're crazy. 
You've been wanting to tell them that anyway. I just gave you Christian liberty to do it, and they'll slap you later. Now, let's look at the message truth. Look at this message truth. Circle, why don't you do a big oval around that? Circle or oval, put a circle around message truth and listen to it. By God's grace, we're talking about grace, a heart that is broken can be healed. Bitter memories and damaged self-esteem can be healed. Patterns can be erased, yes, even reversed, because God desires to transform you and me from the inside out. Are you thankful for that today? I'm glad I don't have to carry the patterns of thinking that I've had in my life. Some good, much false, especially before I came to know Jesus Christ at 19. I mean, you know, I, man, I, I can believe a, a myriad of things. I mean, you tell me this, and, 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 you know, people dare you to do stuff, and, man, you just you do it because you, you just think that's what you ought to do. But God says, I want to transform you. Let's look at the points here today. How God sees me because of His grace. Five simple truths to live by. Are you ready? Get ready to write. Number one. I am acceptable. You know, a lot of us find ourselves all through life, we're trying to figure out how to be accepted into the in group, how to be accepted by our parents, by our peers, by our mate, by our employer, by, by somebody. And then we'll get crazy. We even want to be accepted by our enemies and even by strangers. And we'll go to all lengths to do it. And we'll do some of the bizarre, crazy stuff because we want to be accepted, because we, we don't want to be sitting at the table by ourselves. We don't want to be in the out crowd. We want to be in the in crowd. It's important. And yet Jesus tells us that he was despised and perfect and rejected. So he understands if you feel like you're on the outside. Listen to Romans 15, 7. Accept one another, then just as Christ accepted you, in order to bring praise to God. The Bible says that God accepts you in his Son, in the beloved Jesus Christ. Now, I get thrilled about that, that we're being chosen by God. Last service, Mama, you know where Donna sits. She teaches children this service. But my wife, my bride, sits right here in the first service. And you don't realize how cool that was. She chose me 30 years ago this August to be my wife. She's crazy. And it was an awesome thing. I beat all the other competition out. Now. Nah. And, man, I've been enjoying it, and I'm accepted by her. Matter of fact, the girls got me to get on Facebook last June. So I'm not, I'm, I'm, you know, I kind of leave people hanging because I just, you know, got a lot to do. But I go in there a couple times a week. But I like Facebook, and I like keeping up and learning. And I got uh, a Facebook last night. I was checking. I got it from a, I got a message from an old member that I used to pray for. I won't pray for him after what I'm fixing to tell you, but I used to pray for him. No, I'll pray for him. He sent me a message because on, on my Facebook profile, I've learned you get all the help you can get. You know what I'm talking about? So I always put my wife's picture up with me because that makes me, you know, look like, wow, how did he do that? Well, this guy sent me a text and he goes, hey, man, you sure married way over your head. Ha ha. That's all he said. Like, smart up. And uh, so I was feeling rather spiritual and I typed up, I went. Basically, I sure did. I sure am blessed. I outpunted my coverage, and then I went dot, 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 and then I said, and so did you, Bubba, and hung up, or just, you know, quit. Because, you know, hey, I'm looking around here. A bunch of you outpunted your coverage. I, I'm just telling you, man, I don't know how you got that woman. You're saying, well, you know, I told her I had money. You lied, or I don't know what it was. But, but the bottom line is we want to be accepted. And, man, Donna accepted me and her mom, and everybody accepted me into their family. Man, that was awesome, and it's good to be accepted by people. But, y'all, God says, I accept you. You're acceptable. 
Man, that is great news. Y'all don't want to shout that from the rooftop and go, God, thank you for loving me. You've been chosen by God. And some of you this morning, can I just say this honestly? You're trying to earn your parents' acceptance. You're 20. You're 25. You're 35. You're 55. And you're still trying to get their acceptance. I remember the day that I found out that Papa God accepted me just like I was. And he was madly in love with me. What you don't know is there's some things that I wanted when we started this church and I wanted acceptance and it wasn't there. And the father was good and quick to tell me, you're doing my work. I will empower it. I will provide for it. And I love you. And that's all I need to hear. And I go, you know, hey, whether I get approval of man or whatever, it doesn't really matter. I'm acceptable to God. Listen to what First uh, Peter 2.9 says in the Living Bible. But you're not like that, for you have been chosen by God himself. You are a priest of the king. You're holy and pure. You're God's very own. All this so that you may show it to others how God called you out of the darkness into the wonderful light. God calls us by name. He calls us to be his very children, sons and daughters of the king. Man, I love that thought. That's a great thought. God Psalm 27.10 says, Though my father and mother forsake me, the Lord will receive me. See, I know this. There's some people here today. You've been rejected by your mom and dad. You were kicked out of the house, or maybe they gave you up immediately. You somehow were rejected. You were spurned. You were pushed aside. But I want to tell you this, and here's what you need to know. You need to know the eternal truth that you're accepted in the beloved now, it's nice to be accepted in this life, but God says, I'm enough. Let's look at the second point. Number two, I am valuable. God says, you are valuable. You're worth something. You remember that? I don't know where they got this. That ain't worth a plug nickel. Like, whatever, man. Well, God says, you're worth everything. You're worth a million dollars. You're worth the very exchange of my son that I gave freely for you. It's the story of Easter. I remember in the 90s, one time I went to see... Um, uh, Michael Jordan played basketball. And that was an awesome thing. I was in Chicago, and I wanted to see him, and I got this ticket, and I sat in the nosebleed section. It was the only ticket available, but I was just so thrilled to be able to see Michael. And I often thought about that night, man, if I just had a, his basketball, if I just had his pair of tennis shoes from Michael Jordan, and he graced them with his feet, and he put his feet in there, they would be worth something. And we, we place values on things, and we believe that's of worth, and we assign worth to this. But God says, I assign you as valuable. You, 1 John 4, 4 says, you belong to God if you accept the gift of grace, if you accept the gift of Christ. You have value and value unspeakable. You know, I, I want to I give you this word. I want you to write this word down. I want you to make a box around it. Because I'm convinced there are people here right now that believe this. And you've heard this. And you've replayed this tape in your life over and over. You are worthless. That is a lie from the very pit of hell, friend. God says you are the most valuable thing on the face of the earth. I gave my life for you. I sing over you. Zephaniah says God sings over you. I love that. Oh, I love it when my girls sing, and I love when Adam and the worship team here sings. It's an awesome thing for them to sing over us and to lead us in worship. But there's nothing like the king singing over us. I read a book when I first became a Christ follower about being a king's kid. And it told me, you are a child of the king. You're valuable. 
You're worthy. And I'm trying to sink this into you because some of you don't believe that you're valuable today. And I'm asking the Father to impress that in your heart. And you go, God is crazy about me. He's madly in love with me. I don't know why some of you suffer such poor self-esteem, but get a God esteem. 1 Corinthians 7.23 from the Living Bible says, You have been bought and paid for by Christ, so you belong to Him. Be free now from all these earthly prides and fears. You've been bought with a, a price. You're not your very own. Isaiah 43.4 from the Good News says, I will give up whole nations to save your life because you are precious to me, because I love you and I give you honor. The prophet Isaiah was trying to declare this thought to us that God is, is so in love with you that He goes, in my sight, you are valuable. This morning, if this truth would sink into our spirit, if this truth would sink into our hearts, we wouldn't live the way we live. We wouldn't say the things we say about ourselves. We wouldn't look in the mirror and devalue what we see in the mirror. Amen, church? I saw a thing on the news the other day. It's absolutely sickening. Some of this girl from Australia or somewhere, she was a model. She was 5'11". She was 108 or 110 pounds. She looked like a bone. And man, that's been what's propagated on you young women. And I tell you to reject that in Jesus' name. Maybe you got a little more curves. Maybe you got a little more weight. But God says you're awesome. Hallelujah. Is anybody getting a word? Hey, guys, aren't you glad that God looks at us and goes, and you're valuable too, guys. You know, one thing about it is I get older. I used to hit the weight room really hard when I was young. I look at myself in the mirror now and I go, whoo, man, what has happened? The brothers put on a few pounds. You know what I'm saying? Uh, don't, don't say amen. Just, just, just leave it to yourself, okay? Although you, you can call me a chubby pastor. That's okay. Here we go. So God says, I love you. I give you honor. I'm crazy about you. Number three, I'm lovable. Have a broken heart. God loves you. God's never inconsistent. He's always on time. Isaiah 54, verse 10. I love this verse. It says, the mountains and hills may crumble. But my love for you will never end. I will keep for you forever my promise of peace. So says the Lord who loves you. His love is constant and it never ends. And fill this in real quickly. His love is consistent and his love is unconditional. It's consistent and it's unconditional. And the thing about it, God is not fickle. God is not changing his mind about if he loves you or not. God is not unpredictable. God is tenacious. But he's also unconditional when you and i don't perform when you and i don't measure up god's still there aren't you glad that grace isn't based on performance but it's based on his love it's based on the cross it's based on how he feels about us see some people you know you you're in a bad mood and you don't know if you're going to, uh somebody's gonna hug you or slug you i've met people like that over the years like man i didn't know if my dad was gonna hit me or embrace me what a horrible place to be. And you live life like that. And you're like, well, I just don't know. Because you've never seen a consistent love from another person. And God says, I love you. No conditions, no qualifiers, just grace. Just that incredible grace that I pour out on you. Proverbs 23, 6 says, and I will dwell in the, or not Proverbs, uh, the 23rd Psalm. He says, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. If you're in Christ this morning, it's not every other day with Jesus. If you've been secure, if you've been washed, if you've been saved, if you've been born again, God says you will live in the house of the Lord forever. Is that good news, church? You know when you're forever started? So, well, it starts when I die. No, it doesn't. 
forever starts the moment you come into Jesus Christ. That's your forever. Man, I'm excited about my forever. My forever has so much potential and so much possibilities and so much hope and so much joy and so much worship. And so does yours if you're in Jesus this morning. A glad heart makes a happy face, but a broken heart crushes the spirit. God infuses. Number four, God says that I am forgivable. I can be forgiven. Have you made mistakes? You're like, well, man, you followed me around. I make lots of mistakes. I have a lot of sin. Isaiah 43, 25 says, and yet I am the God who forgives your sins. I do this because of who I am. And then he says, and I will not hold your sin against you. It's not based on you deserving it. God doesn't hold grudges. Are y'all glad God doesn't hold grudges this morning? Man, I, I just love that nature of God. God, you're flawless. You're perfect. Perfect. You're Papa. You're loving. You're omniscient. You're omnipotent. God, you're all these things, but God, you don't hold grudges. You know what grudges do? They rape you. They ravage your soul. They take the joy out of grace because there is no grace there. And this morning at the crosses, I'm begging God for an outpouring of his grace. And so people are going to go and get free. And they're going to be healed because of what the Father says about them. That's grace that you're forgivable. God doesn't rehearse your sin. When you confess it, he releases it. Your sin is removed as far as the east is from the west in Jesus Christ. What a good news. Let me tell you something else. God's not mad at you. He's drawing. He's calling. Accept his grace. Be covered. Run to him. Pass from death to life in the Son. I remember the first time I read that verse, and I've read it thousands of times in the book of John. Those that are in Christ cross over from death to life. Man, it's a beautiful concept. I once was blind, but now I see. I was dead. I've been made alive by the Spirit of the living Christ. That song that Adam, that little chorus he led us in right before I came up here today. That same power that raised Jesus from the dead is right here this morning operating and ready to activate in your life. So, I remember talking about being forgivable. God said one time, says, can I go to the well of grace too many times? Can I go there for forgiveness too many times? I don't deserve to be forgiven. And John Ortberg, in one of his writings, said, well, let me give you an abrupt response because I don't agree with that. He says, who told you that you deserved forgiveness the first time? See, God's there. God's grace is unconditional. It's unbelievable. It's poured out. It's there for us to receive in the, in, the, in the taking. And some of us just aren't willing to go there. You know, this thought, our sin doesn't surprise God. He didn't love you any less. But it breaks his heart. And he calls us. This morning, I believe that God's trying to call us, you. Number five, I am capable, says God. You feel like you amount to nothing not true. In Christ, you can do all things. One of the earlier passages that every Christian learns, they tell you, hey, learn Philippians 4.13. I can. 
I can do all things. I can do anything, depending on what school you're in, through Christ who strengthens me. But I want to read it to you from the Amplified because I think it really gives us more of the crux of what the weight of this verse. Listen to Philippians 4.13 from the Amplified Version. I have strength for all things in Christ who empowers me. I am ready for anything and equal to anything through him who infuses inner strength into me. I am self-sufficient in Christ's sufficiency. Isn't that a beautiful way to say that verse? It's just like, God, we can face anything now. That song that Adam led us in earlier, nothing is impossible for you. Either you believe that or you go, those are really nice words on that screen. But it's not for me. It is for you today. So the one that secures a place for you for eternity, will you run to him today? Will you trust him? Will you fill your mind with the truth of Scripture? And I'm going to give you this verse from Romans 15, 13, the Phillips translation. I'll give you a lot of different translations today. I'm just... If you're trying to read these in your NIV or New American Standard or New Living Translation, it's a little different. But listen to this. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in your faith, that by the power of the Holy Spirit, your whole life and outlook may be radiant with hope. That's what Christ wants to do this morning. He wants to come and set us free, that even our very faith, our countenance gives away, that Jesus Christ lives and dwells here, and I will live with Him forever, and there is hope upon hope that Christ has given me. Did I already talk to y'all about Dave Ramsey? No? Thursday night, Don and I and a few from the church went to uh, Dave Ramsey to a town hall meeting. I love Dave. He's a great business mind. Loves the Lord Jesus. They had 6,000 locations across America. And he was really just trying to inspire and instill this one value, hope. Basically, D.C. and all these places, they've really lied to us, and they're trying to sell us a bunch of goods. And he says, look, there's not inflation. Unemployment's only up 3% from where it was before. He said, it's not the worst recession of the several recessions of the 70s and the 80s. And he went on and on and basically said, hey, we've got to hang in there. We've got to trust in God. And yeah, some things have dropped in value, but let's trust God. Who is our security in this morning, folks? Is it in the Lord Jesus? And he is the healer. You say, well, he healed my finances. If he will, I'll run to the cross right now. But now, I can't guarantee that, but he will heal your heart and your soul. And he might heal your finances. You might need your marriage healed today. You might need your friendship healed. I, I don't know, but what I do know is that you've been rejected by a spouse, by a friend, by a parent, by a teacher, by a coach. And God says, my grace is sufficient in your time. Now, I want to do this. I'm ending a little earlier because we're going to do something. You see, what happens is I preach my heart out, and I get so excited. I give you everything I've got, and we finish. You go, we're going to eat chicken, the gospel bird. Okay? But here's what happens. Y'all sit out here, and you smile, and you laugh, and you snore. And the Holy Spirit of God nudges you. You know what a nudge is? He prompts. He pushes. I bet you won't let this thing be empty next week. And uh, and right now, the Spirit of God is just, He's walking up and down the aisles, man. He's touching people. And this is our opportunity to respond to a holy God. Look what I put up here. Respond, relinquish control, receive the grace of Jesus, repent of your sin. I don't know what it is. 
But God's here in the house. And with every fiber of my being, I've been begging him to save some. I've been asking him to set people free. And today you're in this service. And God sets you up. He's ambushing you with the love of grace. That cross, that cross, have people there. Or they will in just a moment. They'll be there quickly. And they're there to help you. And when you feel that nudge on weekends, you ought to just get up and go. Not sit there and look at people. See, people came in here bound up. I pray they get released this morning in Jesus. There's healing in Jesus' name. There's power in Jesus' name. You came here with a broken heart. You came here with a bitter uh, memory. You came here with a damaged self-esteem. You came here with something, and God says, the Lord is near to the brokenhearted, but he saves those who are crushed in spirit. If you're crushed today, Papa is trying to tell you, I'm there for you. I want to touch your hurting heart this morning. So, dear God, could you save some today? Could you set others free? Could you heal people in their hearts, in their minds, in their spirits, in their bodies? God, could you heal people from anxiety and worry and fretting? Lord, could people just run for confession and realize that confession is a gracious bridge to the Father? You know, I could preach for a lot longer, but I want you to stand to your feet. And as you stand right now, don't leave. Service is not over. Would some of you take a friend by the hand and walk over to the crosses and have prayer? Receive the Lord Jesus Christ. Receive his healing. Receive his touch. There are counselors there to meet with you. Would you just begin to move, church? I'm telling you right now, the Spirit of God is moving on hearts right now. He's trying to set people free. There's no sense in leaving here all bound up and all crushed. Those whom the sun sets free are free indeed. I've asked Adam to sing this song that we sang earlier, but I'm more interested in you moving out to the cross. Let the service breathe for a minute on both sides. It backed up over here. It got real full over there. Thank you, Jesus. So I won't go into this every weekend about the nudges, the promptings, but when you have that, don't reject it. Don't deny it. The Bible says that we can harden our hearts toward God. You don't want to be there. Keep your heart sensitive to the move of the Spirit. Jesus speaks, you'll say, yes, Lord, I'll obey you. Yes, Lord, I'll follow you. I have no idea what Jesus has done today, but I know it's been masterful. Matter of fact, could you just put your hands together and bless the Lamb? He's doing a mighty work this morning. Even right now, He's touching hearts and He's touching hurt places and painful places. Wow. It's been an awesome day in the Lord. Amen.
Can anybody give me an update on the blood drive? Besides we're having one. Okay, we don't know. Well, the bus is out here. If you'd like to give blood, uh, give a pint or two, they'd still love to receive you. And uh, actually, they did ask for two pints today. I always kid about, hey, would you like to take another one? They said, we would. Like, just kidding. Okay. And uh, so anyway, hey, it's been great. We're going to continue this. I think next weekend I'm preaching on liberating grace. Uh, it's only a five-week series. If you know somebody that needs to hear about grace, I hope you'll invite them to be with you. And it's been a good day. Adam, this service went much better than the first service. Your guitar strings didn't break and all the craziness. And, uh, man, I just uh, love y'all. Thank you for filling out the cards today. And uh, you know what? It's four minutes, too. Let's go beat all the badges to the restaurants, okay? God bless you. Thanks for being here.